Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight's show should be very important, a very important topic we're discussing. We're going to dedicate the whole show, Blessed Hashem is Baruch, to this one topic, which is integrated. There was a beautiful article that came out in the Kashmir's Currents written by Rabbi Tzvi Rosen from the Star K, who has been with the Star K for probably 40 years or more. I have no idea how many years, but from as far back as I remember, Rabbi Rosen was affiliated with the Star K when they had only a few workers, and he's been one of the main people all these years. And he wrote a wonderful article. It's called Navigating the Pizza Paradox. Pas or Pas Nisht? The question is, what kind of a way you look at the pizza? Now, this is an old question. It goes back to when we first, when the Jews first started eating pizza, which wasn't the same time as the Italians, but it became a, a popular food. It became a staple in the uh, yeshiva world, and uh, very often they serve pizza. It's a simple product. It's fairly cheap to make, and uh, it's been a wonderful boon in the yeshiva world. And for many people, it's a snack food. And the question comes up, what is the bracha? Really integrated here is the question of mizonos bread, um, what is considered to be mizonos in general. There are different things that could be mizonos. And so we, you know, we have to know the whole topic. I don't even know where we're going to start. We'll start somewhere, but I'll probably start with Rabbi Rosen's article. And I'll, I'll mention to you some of the things that we uncovered over the years, including something that Rabbi Belsky poskined, something that Rabbi David Feinstein poskined, uh, too few things from Rabbi David Feinstein. I'm going to put these in, mix it into the whole discussion, and I'll take you back to the 1970s or for, when, when I published an article for uh, for one of the publications, uh, not my own originally, um, was called Mizonas Bread, and then another one which was called uh, Shahako Bread, which was one I liked very much, the Shahako Bread article. Anyway, we're going to talk about as much as I can sneak into this hour, because it's a, tr- it's a very complex topic. Let's just take you back to the early years when pizza was starting to be used in the Jewish world. So the Rabbanim, specifically Rav David Feinstein, Zechot Tzadik, V'Kaddish Levrocha, researched it. I, 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 maybe it was at the request of Rav Moshe Feinstein. I, I mean, it was his own idea. I have no idea. But he did, a re, he did some research. And the research he did was to contact, whether he did it personally or, he, or somebody else did it, contacted the different pizza store owners and asked them, how many pizzas does a person order? Does he order one, two, or three? I don't think he can order more. Uh, We're talking about per person. I don't think a human being could eat more than three at one sitting, but again, who knows? There are interesting people in this world. Um, I, I would think that one or two pieces is like the max for anybody. I can't imagine people eating three pieces, but again... As I said, if they're extremely hungry and they like pizza and they eat bread, a lot of bread, but you can't imagine how much bread that is. They've consumed like half a package of uh, a, a bread. I mean, a two, of a, you know, of a, of a package which is a, I'm going to talk about not the, not the two-pound rye, but it's a, but for sure a half a package of bread, of white bread, but probably closer to the whole package. Tremendous amount to eat three slices. The decision that he came with, with David Feinstein, at the end, was that pizza is a snack food. The average person orders one piece. This is what the information was given to him by the pizza store owners. Now, we had these pizza store owners. In those early days, there weren't so many pizza stores. And aside from that, David Feinstein was in the east side, and I don't think he took into account stores in Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, but any other place. I'm pretty sure they just researched the stores in, 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 in the, the Lower East Side, of which there were only were a few. So uh, five or ten stores, five or ten owners, and that was the information that they got. And based on that, 
they made a decision that the pizza is a snack food, and you don't have to make hamotzi on pizza, and that's it. However, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein said that if you eat three pizzas, then you have to wash and bench with hamotzi and then the brachos full service meal, three pieces. Now, what about two pieces? So two pieces where Moshe held was a suffix because it wasn't necessarily the sheer, the size that would, that would constitute a main meal, according to Moshe at that time, uh, would not be the amount that would concentrate, would be considered a, a whole meal. It was uh, significant, and it was significant enough that he said to Shiloh. And when, it's, when he meant to Shiloh, it meant you should make hamotzi on a piece of bread and then eat the two slices, or eat three slices. But if you're only going to do two, you have a suffolk. Now your suffolk is double. Your suffolk is the brochery shown, which doesn't, isn't as, much, as dramatic. Because if you made bread in Amazonas, you would definitely be yotze, even if it was bread. But the benching versus alamichia, that's a problem. To remote your held that you should be mechaiv yourself into bench. To, by having some more bread. That's if you had two slices. Uh, was this, you know, I always felt that this wasn't really uh, clearly the way people were going. Yes, it's true. The people used to go to an activity, and the way home they would grab a piece of pizza. But if you ever did what I saw myself, you saw families, entire families, coming to the pizza stores on Sunday afternoon sitting down to a meal, and I, you can't imagine how much they consumed. B- between A, B, and C, the, you know, the, the pizza and, 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 and the, the, the chips and, the, and I don't know, another order of something else and the pizza with some, with some uh, things added on to it and, and soda and, and, and ice cream and whatever they had, all together, forget about how much it cost them, but it was a, it's an to- entire meal. You see people, like the whole family sits down to it, that's for sure lunch. If, if it's in later in the afternoon, that's for sure supper. Um, there's no question about it. So now, I don't know if that was in the time of Ramosha, uh, of David, uh, when he first looked into it or not. I never found out what they did after that. The first time they came up with this decision, as far as I know, it stuck all the years. Now, it was interesting, in this article that came out in Kashmir's Currents, winter 2021, which is just now, uh, this week I got it. So it says in here that he did the same thing, that Rabbi Rosen consulted with uh, people to find out what the current pizza consumption habits. He said, the Conscious Currents, that's the name of their publication from Star K, took a pizza poll of current pizza consumption the results revealed that the average person eats one slice of an 18-inch pizza alone without any sides. Not sides meaning uh, some vegetable, with potato or some other vegetable, whatever vegetable, that's a side, as a snack. Now, the average person takes one piece as a snack. Three slices of an 18-inch pizza alone without any sides as a meal. Okay, so... It doesn't telling us which, you know, people are consuming more, but sometimes they sit down and have a snack. Sometimes they sit down and they have what he calls a meal. Two slices of an 18-inch pizza alone with any, without any sides was questionable. Most pizza shops agreed that the average consumer ordered two slices of thin or thick crust pizza with a side dish for dinner. So now we're hearing the way it is today. Even though years ago, in the time when Moshe and David, David, did experimentation, he came up with the idea that the average person was buying one piece, and, and some people sit down, but they only sit down, they have three pieces, that's, that, that's the meal. Um, anyway, he felt that the numbers, in terms of size, uh, the three pieces was definitely have to bench on it, and the two pieces was a Shiloh, but the average person was buying one. That, that was the assumption then. But he says that today, when they did an experiment in, in the Star Cave, probably asking pizza stores there in Baltimore, 
Most pizza shops agree that the average consumer orders two slices of a pizza with a side dish, and he calls it for dinner. So that's the meal. So two pieces. Now, when you have bread, I'm sorry, Mizono's bread, you use it as part of a meal. You have a real Mizonas bread that they sell in the package. There's Mizonas on it, whether it is or it isn't. They say bread Mizonas on. So then, and you have that with uh, your regular meal. The way you mount it, you would have bread. You have some eggs with it. You have some this with it or that with it. You put it, make a sandwiches out of it. You're eating it, eating it like a bread. So then, according to the halacha, you have to, as we understand it, I mean, there are other opinions, but as we understand it, the halacha is you have to bench. So what they say over here in the star K is, in order, to, as he said, uh, that one slice of square dish Sicilian pizza eaten alone as a meal is questionable. So even one piece, he had a question whether or not it's considered to be like a meal because it's a, full, it's a big piece, etc. In order to avoid a suffix on what is the correct bracha, two slices of an 18-inch pizza or one slice of a Sicilian pizza should not be ordered alone, but rather with side dishes, be it thick or thin crust pizza, and the bracha should be, would be hamotzi. So he's saying, avoid all shilas. If you're having a thick piece of Sicilian pizza, which is a fat, fatty thing, very, very, uh, bizona, very bready, and, or you're having two slices of a regular pizza, then you should make hamotzi, and he's suggesting have a side dish with it, or I can suggest having a little piece of bread with it. But whatever it is, that would be the way they're recommending that you handle it, and that they feel that the one piece is still considered to be bore mine mizonos. That's the position of the star K. Uh, let me just point out here um, when he gets to that point. Uh, it's a long discussion about what, when you, what, how you deal with it, but the position of the star K is that the one piece of a regular piece of pizza should be bere mine mizonos. Unless, of course, you're having it with a whole meal. If you're eating it with a meal, then maybe the one piece you'd have to wash on bench on it too. But um, that's basically where they're coming from. However, there is a different opinion. And uh, let me see what he says over here. So, anyway, uh, here's how he discusses it. The contrast of pizza ingredients is, okay, flour, water, yeast, da-da-da. Pizza dough is a bread dough, and the bracha made would be hamotzi. However, the pizza's other components could transform it to a completely different bracha. Pizza falls into a unique category of bread-like products known as pasta kisnen. But Moshe Feinstein, Shlita, gave us a novel, again, he, it seems to be that he's calling it Mizonos. And that's the opinion on the one piece. But when you get to the number of pieces, then it seems to be that it should be Hamotzi. Uh, just in this decided upon how many pieces you have. That seems to be what where they're coming from. But I'll tell you, there is a different opinion, and this is how I was trained by Rav Asher Zim and Zayich It should make hamotzi. You make hamotzi on pizza every single time, because pizza is really a bread, and the fact that you have other things on it does not detract. And the bracha should be hamotzi. At the same time, when Rav Zimin was living, there was another chashaviyid named Debrat Sinarov, and he also paskened that way. And it seemed that a number of people paskened that pizza should be hamotzi, because it's like a bread, it's used like a bread, it tastes like a bread. It's a, it really is to be considered to be hamotzi. That is the, their position. So you have two different approaches. One is that Pizza, at least one slice should be Mizonos, and another that always pizza has to be a mozi. But even if you hold that pizza, one slice is a mozi, is Mizonos, you have to be very careful according to the star K when you're eating pizza with other foods or when you are, um, w- w- when you are uh, 
using it uh, with three pieces or even two pieces, you're having so much already, then it itself is considered to be a meal. So those are the two positions. Now, that would all be fine, but I'm going to tell you a psak that I have from Rav David Feinstein. I used to be fairly close with Rav David, and I used to ask him showers. He was the main Rav that I spoke to for a long tekufa, until it got more difficult to get to him, and, and I got very close with Rav And But up until then, and afterwards, many times I'd call Rav David, and he would uh, steer me the right way. So I had a Shiloh. Now remember, Rav David Paskind, that you say Mizonas on pizza. So I asked Rav David a shower. I said, Rebbe, what about the crust? If you don't have, if, if I don't like the crust, and I cut off the crust, the, uh, the crust meaning that little part at the end, about an inch and a inch and a half, that's just plain. There's no cheese on there. There's no tomato sauce on there. There's no vegetables on there. There's nothing there. And every pizza is made that way, with a crust at the end. And the reason is simple. First of all, it's easy to hold it. And uh, secondly, it, it, um, it, it, I mean, this is, this is a way of holding it from falling off the pizza. If you go all the way to the end, then all the gooey stuff is going to get off all over and make a mess. So this is a simple way to make a pizza that you roll up a thick dough at the end, you, make a, you keep it a little high, a little, bit, a little bit high, you let it puff up there, and that way it doesn't go off the deep end, as we say, plus it also gives you something to hold on to, and that's the story. But there are people who don't like that, because they want, this crust is sometimes a little crusty, and they like soft, and they like the chewy part of the pizza, and they like the, 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 the pizza sauce on the top and the, and the cheese and everything. That's a piece of pizza to them. They don't want the crust. So I asked him, what if you take, I swear, David Feinstein's what if you cut off the, the, the crust and you don't need it? And somebody else eats it. What's the bracha? He said, hamotzi. Hamotzi? Yeah, the Rav David Feinstein, who says that you make mizonas on pizza, he said the crust is hamotzi. I said, really? The crust is hamotzi? Yeah, the crust is hamotzi. I, I said, but, you know, but the pizza, yeah, pizza's mizonos, the pizza he held was mizonos, but the crust is hamotzi. This is a pella. But it isn't so strange when you think about it. Because really, what is pizza? It's a bread on the bottom, and it's the stuff on the top. So when it's all together, so it's a snack food that you have, which people like to nosh on, but the crust is pure, unadulterated bread. So let me take you back to my youth. I don't know what your youth is, but in my youth, there was such a thing called a yeast cake. And it wasn't, it, you know, you buy today a chocolate babka. A chocolate babka is 90% chocolate with a little strips of Mizonos or mozi, whatever you want to call it, some, some uh, yeast cake in the middle, but it's thick, thick, thick with the chocolate. In the good old days, what they used to do was they made a yeast cake, which is the thick, thick dough, the same kind of dough you'd have in a, in a pizza, it's similar anyway, and in that they take and they put a little bit of chocolate, or it was, uh, it was cocoa powder, and some sugar, and or else they used uh, cinnamon and sugar, and then they they laid it out flat, and they rolled it up, so that the finished product was a rolled piece of mizonos or kocha mamotzi, but inside was this cinnamon or this chocolate filling. That was the way yeast cake was made. Now the the shaila was, and it's the same shaila. And it was all, we knew that when we were growing up. This is how we were taught. That that yeast cake is, hum, is mizonos, calls man that there's, there's actually chocolate or cinnamon inside. But if you have a piece at the end, and I don't know if you remember this, the pieces at the end had very little or no chocolate or no cinnamon. Today you wouldn't get away with it. It has to be throughout, has to be oozing out all over the place. But in those days... 
people used to make a, a yeast cake, and the, the, the last little stickle had almost no or none of the, of the cocoa or the cinnamon. And the halacha was, we were taught this way, that, you, that the last piece, if you eat it that way, it's hamotzi. You can't say it's mizonos. I'll give you another case we used to have. This was another one that we that we had, and this is this is all, um, you know, this was all with. Uh, I basically was working always with Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav David Feinstein for the, the Pesachim on Brachos. I worked a, intensively on Brachos for years, and I wrote articles and uh, for uh, a number of articles. And I gave shiurim on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, to Talmidim from the Mir Yeshiva. One of these places we we had for years. We had the shiurim in Hilchas Brachos. Uh, in, in Borough Park. Okay, so now let me finish off here. So one of the things that we, we worked on was, of course, this thing about the, 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 the bread, whether it's, it's, a, it's a bread or it's a this, whether we're going to call the yeast cake at the end, hamotzi. Here's another Shiloh. In the good old days, there used to be a thing called a cinnamon Danish, or Danish. I don't haven't seen these the way they, they used to make them in the old days. I'll probably make them some bakeries, but I haven't seen it in years and years and years. I'm sure they're out there. There used to be a, 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 a Danish that had on it nuts, raisins, a cherry on top, and I don't remember the fillings or whatever was inside there, but, but the main thing was it was all kinds of things clopped onto this cinnamon Danish. So we always had the shayla like this. Let's say a nut falls off. Let's say a raisin. I haven't eaten raisins in years, but okay, but yeah, the raisins came off. Or the cherry came off. What's the din? Do you make a bracha on it? Or don't you make a bracha on it? So the answer was that you do not need to make a bracha if it falls off. You could pick it up and eat it, even though it's a raisin or this and that, because it was part of this, of this, of this Danish. When you bought it, when you looked at it, when you made the Mizonos, you had in mind every drop of this, and therefore it covers everything that was in there, even though it's obviously not the Bracha Mizonos, but it was part of the Taruvas that existed when you made the Bracha Berimene Mizonos on the cinnamon, uh, on the Danish. Now this is something I asked Rav David Feinstein about, uh, it's an interesting question, if you have a shayla, you know, there's a, taru, a mixture, uh, some, uh, uh, some, some little pieces of meat in, in, in a salad, or some tuna fish, a very little tuna fish, let's say, in the salad, or something else that you, you have a shayla, different, let's say, a, a shahakal, another one, there's, a, some, there's, some, uh, uh, there's, there's some mushrooms in there, that's a, that's, a, that's a shahakal. Some things are there that it's, it's a question, should you, is it tough there? Or should you make a separate bracha on it? So what you could do, what David told me, is before you make the bracha on the salad or the mixture or the soup or whatever it is, you could take this thing out and make a bracha on it. But once it's in there, and you made the bracha on the soup and the, on the salad, on the this or that, then you have a problem of Iker and Tuffel because it was probably bottled to the rest of the things, and therefore the bracha was the salad, the brach on the soup, or the brach on this, the brach on that, took care of it. Just like we mentioned about the Danish a few minutes ago. So yes, that's how we, that's how we view it. We, we view the, the question is of, of, of whether or not uh, something is included in that bracha that you made on the food itself. So yes, if I make, a, a, according to Rav David Feinstein, again, not, not my Rebbe, Rav Zimmerman, who said you make hamotzi all the time on pizza, or the Debrecener Rav, all the time on pizza, you make hamotzi, but to those who said that you're making mizonos on pizza for one slice, at least, some said for more, but we'll get to say only one slice, because we have now Star case saying you shouldn't avoid it. So the one, the one, uh, one piece of pizza, according to the Star K, according to Rav David Feinstein, etc., etc., that they're making mizonos, you do not have to worry about that crust because that crust is part of the pizza. And the pizza is basically the main part of the pizza, which you bought it for, the cheese and the, and the, uh, the tomato sauce and whatever other things you have on the top. So that's why you're eating the pizza, not because of the crust. So therefore, to them, you make very mene mizonos and you don't say. 
But if you only eat the crust, or you ask somebody, give me your crust, I'm eating pizza, give me your crust, I like crust also, that crust is hamotzi. You didn't say the bracha on it. You didn't say the bracha on it. It's not an ikar and tough ale. That crust is hamotzi. But David Feinstein passed on that. Another of David Feinstein, Psak, was very interesting. I saw it a couple of years ago in a video. Somebody put it out. I don't know who put it out. I don't know if you can get it. Uh, I don't know how to. I, I think you can shop around on the, if you do such things on the internet. If you can go on there, and, and certainly kosher. But I mean, uh, if you can go on there, uh, there's a there's a video of Robert Feinstein paskining the Shaila on the wraps. The wraps are very interesting, extremely interesting Shaila. There's another few Shailas we're going to get to hope to get to them soon. The, uh, that was taken up in the Star K's uh, article here from uh, Navigating the Pizza Paradox Paso Pasnisht. So, so the, uh, the question of the rap was an interesting question. Is it really Hamotzi or is it Mizonos? So I don't really want to go into it, but what David Feinstein was very clear. It's Hamotzi. And the, they asked him maybe six, eight, ten times. And every time he said Hamotzi. It's hamotzi. You see, it's bread. It's hamotzi. Every time they kept asking him again and again. And this is the way it is in this world today. People don't believe that they're hearing what they're hearing. Or they just wanted to make sure that everybody out there watching this should realize 150% that's what he held. I don't know exactly why they kept asking him again and again, but they did. And they showed it to him. And they read the ingredients and they said, but maybe this, maybe that. He says, it's a bread. You see, it's a bread. You see, it's, a, you see it's, a, it's got flour in it. You see this. You see that. You see that the, it is a bread. So there obviously are differences between a wrap and what we call bread. But it wasn't enough that Rav David had held that it should be Mizonos. Interesting. Because here, he, by the pizza, he held it as Mizonos because there he felt it was a snack food. Here, a wrap is being used specifically to wrap other foods. So it's being used totally as a bread. And it's never used as a as a snack food for itself, although you, somebody might do that, eat it alone. But that's what Rav David held. Agav, I'm going to tell you a story. One time, very rare for me, but one time I attended a shear on Shabbos by Rav David Cohen. It was not where I usually davened, but somehow I davened over there. It could be for a simcha, it could be I just wanted to daven over there, I really have no idea. But he gave a shear that was a, a shear I can never forget. It was a, a complete shear. It's a Shabbos morning, you understand? I mean, when they come to shul there, they get a shear. It was Shabbos morning, and he gave a shear uh, on matzah. What's a shear on matzah? Because I don't know if you know, but the Sephardim make mizonos on matzah, and we make hamotzi on matzah. And the Svarda make hamotzi, of course, at the Seder, because that's considered the pas of that night, and it's being used as a meal. And whatever reason, they say hamotzi lechem and just like we do. But the rest of the year, whenever they eat matzah, they say bere mi name is onot. And we always make hamotzi. Matzah, matzah bread, they're the same difference to us. This whole shear that Rav David Cohn gave was why matzah should be mizonos. I mean, well, he's an Ashkenaz, but he held that there's a big shaila of it should be really mizonos. Why? Because there are three things that are not that are called mizonos and not hamotzi. One is something that's stuffed. We call uh, it, it something like a pocket. The Pasaba Kisnan, this is like a pocket, and you put fruit or something inside. Let's say it calls calzone. Calzone would probably be qualified to be bizonos, even if the if, even if the outside would be a mozi, probably a calzone would be mizonos or a blinza or whatever it would be. The other type of pasaba kisnin is where in the actual dough you mixed uh, you mixed in uh, some sugar, 
cinnamon, da 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 you made it add to a different kind of a dough. That would also be called Pasabakistan. And with Bracha would be Bereimene Mezonos. And the third example that they give for Bereimene Mezonos is Rekikin Dakin, thin wafers. Now, I don't know anything that's better that, to be called a thin wafer than a matzah. In any event, this whole Shia that Rav David Kohn gave was on why the Bracha should be Mezonos and not Hamotzi like we are doing. And he ended off with an amazing thing. I felt it was just, you know, it was really very, very uh, appropriate. The, the psak that he gave that day, with a, I don't know if everybody followed it, but the psak that he gave that day was so, was so beautiful because it, in, it inculcated the psak of the, of the Svardim with the minhagim of the Ashkenazim. He said, I'm not going to tell you not to make hamotzi on matzah. But I'm going to suggest to you very strongly that you don't eat matzah alone. Eat it as part of a meal. Make sure you eat other foods with it and then make hamotzi. That's, that's what he said. In other words, if you, and I remember how Rav Zimmerman taught us. Well, I don't know if you're going to all agree with this, but Rav Zimmerman Zatzal taught us like this. He said, when you have mizonis bread, if there is such a thing as Mazonas, but he really fought against it. He felt it was a total fake, and in his time it was total fake. I have clear examples of I was a total, total, total fake at the time when I was starting with work on these Inyanama Brachos. But today, I would assume people are a little bit better at it, hopefully. A lot of years went by. Let's say there is a Mazonas spread. Let's say there's a legitimate Mazonas spread. So that Mizonas bread, it will, it will only be Mizonas bread if you have it alone. Once you have it in, in place of bread at a meal, you're going to have to make hamotzi. So what qualifies having it as part of a meal? This is where Rav Zimmin was very machmir. Rav Zimmin held that if you start putting on, uh, you put on a little butter, or cheese, and then uh, or whatever it is, some mayonnaise, and then on the top of that you put a slab of cheese, so then you may have a sandwich out of it, so then you're already in, you're already in the, in the gather of, uh, of a meal. In other words, our concept of a meal is you're going to have uh, eggs, and you're going to have uh, salad, and you're going to have this, you're going to have that, and also you have two slices of bread. He held that if you're having, the two, you're having a, you know, a couple slices of bread, and you're having things with it, it already is in the gather of a meal, and the bracha should be hamotzi, even if it was legitimate mizonas bread, which very, very rarely ever was in those days. So now we've gone through uh, a lot of these shilas, a lot of shilas already, and I hope to give you more, but I want to give you a psak from a, of Yisrael Belsky's Zatzal. And it's a very, very interesting psak, and I'm going to make sure that I've mentioned this. Rabelsky Zatzal uh, mentioned that even if you hold that the, the, the pizza is Mizonos, and I think he held that way, I'm not sure really, I really don't remember what he paskined about pizza, but he said, for sure, you've got to read carefully when you buy frozen pizza, because there were two types of frozen pizza. There's one kind of pizza that was cooked and baked already with the cheese and the, the tomato sauce on the top. And there's another one that was regular bread before, and they just put the other stuff on top of it. When you pop into the oven, it's going to melt. I just saw the other day, I have, not, have never seen this before, there was a French bread. It was a frozen, Maccabee company made it, uh, French bread pizza. And, and it clearly said in the box, make hamotzi. Because the, I, I saw it. The French bread was a regular piece of bread. There's no question. Nothing absorbed at all. And there was cheese on top and some uh, tomato sauce somewhere there. It was covered over by the cheese. And you pop it into a, uh, I don't remember how, how you do it with an oven, you pop it into the microwave. 
In the microwave, they told you to do it for two and a half minutes. I don't know if you realize what two and a half minutes is. You could, uh, for, for most things, you can cook a whole meal raw in two and a half minutes in the microwave. This thing is just supposed to melt the cheese. It could, in a microwave, to melt the cheese, maximum 40 seconds a minute. But here, two and a half minutes, that meant that they're starting cooking from scratch. And that's what they really had, a real piece of bread in the bottom, never ever exposed to a piece of cheese or to any tomato sauce or anything at all. Then they put the tomato sauce and the cheese on the top of the bread. Uh, they, they put a plastic over it, and, they put, and then they put a box around that. And when you bought this thing, you are making it right in front of you. And you're starting with a regular piece of bread that could be eaten Raw, I mean not raw, I mean just melt, uh, just uh, defrost it, and you could eat it plain, and it would taste wonderful. So this is this is being done in order for you to make the pizza. No question, says Rebelsky. These kinds of things are hamotzi lechol to everybody. Even Rav David would have certainly been masking to this too. This, this wasn't the point of what Rav David was saying. They were talking about a pizza store, and you're going to a pizza store the way to make a pizza. This is not the way you make a pizza. Where you're going to make a pizza in a pizza store is it's all together at one time. So that's how, that's the Shiloh from Rabelsky. Now we went through a number of the issues. Let me give you a couple of more things. I'm now going to share with you some of the other topics that they've taken up in this article by Rabbi Rosen. He discusses other kinds of uh, breads, and uh, they're very interesting. He mentions... The uh, bagel chips. And this is something that I, I spent a lot of time with bagel chips in different ways, but I'm going to share with you this, this point. Maybe I'll mention this, a, a child that once came up. So now, what, what's the story with a bagel crisp, bagel chip? A bagel chip, basically, is a bagel. Bagel, you know what a bagel is, right? These round things. And that's a regular bread. And you cut it, not you and I do it, but the, professionally they cut it into little slices, and then they, uh, th- th- then they take it and they put it into oil, and they fry it or toast it or whatever it is, and that's commercially done. The question is, what do they start with? Do they start with bagels or not start with bagels? So here is what Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi Rosen says from the Star K. One of the most elusive Passabakistan bakery products is the bagel chip. Bagel chips can theoretically be made in many fashions, baked, toasted, fried, manufactured commercially, or made locally on a small scale and sold by bakeries in clear poly bags. Commercially produced bagel chips, that means if you're buying it with a box that came from the store, right? According to the bagel chip companies, that were researched. Now again, he, he didn't mention that everyone was researched. The ones he checked, okay? Do not take fresh bagels and slice and toast them in, into bagel chips. They're being done in a way that it was never an, used as a bagel. In order to get a uniform bagel chip product, commercial bagel chips have fairly strict quality control baking criteria, size, thickness, texture. They want every bagel chip to be the same as the other one. To this end, commercial bagel chips are made from long loaves of bagel dough that are extruded and cut into uniformly sized bagel chips that are seasoned, baked, and toasted. In other words, each one is done separately. It's not a bread. It's this little crispy thing that from beginning to end, you're making the bagel chip. It's not you took a bread that was already hamotzi and you tried to doctor it up and make it into a bagel chip, in which case the bruch is still hamotzi because it never lost the name hamotzi because it still looks like a piece of bread or a cook or a mizonos or whatever. It doesn't look like it changed that much. It's not like something that you made into French toast that maybe now it's, it's hamotzi, but something here... Uh, it's, it's, it's the thing over here is a bagel chip that's done commercially where they have you know hundreds and hundreds of them lined up and it's just a, they cut the, it was cut off a big sheet but there never was a bagel that anybody was ever going to eat 
So he says that these are, con- these are considered to be mezonos. He says, how can you tell the difference between a commercial and a local bakery bagel chip? Now, what you have to hear is, and maybe get this straight, if it's made and sold in your store, in the ba- your own bakery there, the, the uh, uh, let's say, uh, pizza store, they're selling bagel chips, or somebody's selling pe- bagel chips, they're taking real bagels. They were made as bagels that you could take out and put with cream cheese and lox if you eat uh, cream cheese and lox. Some people uh, don't eat uh, fish and, uh, and, and cheese. But the people who eat uh, bagels and lox, American Jews, right? So th- th- that product, well, they could have made with it. And now instead we did is we cut it up into pieces and threw it into a, an oil and it came out as a bagel chip and they're putting them in little plastic bags or whatever it is and selling it to in the store. Those are going to be hamotzi. But how do you tell the difference? Commercial bagel chips do have a bagel look and texture, yet many of them do not have a hole. In other words, you could see that there was no hole there. Furthermore, they're all uniform in size and thickness. They look exactly like each other. That's a, give, that's a giveaway. Bagel chips fitting these criterias would be pas, habor, bekisnens, Amazonas. On the other hand, bagel chips made from leftover bagels, which were originally intended to be eaten as a meal, would be similar to Melba toast, and the bracha on these bagels is ha Motzi, Agavorche, he's mentioning the Melba toast, which many people make a mistake. They don't realize it's real bread that was made into a toast, and it's really hamotzi lechmanots, even though the little crackers that people are using at the table to put a little cream cheese, a little something, a little marmalade on top. No, the bracha is hamotzi. If the baker has no specific intention, he or she often bakes bagels, knowing that some of them will eventually be converted into bagel chips. Those bagel chips would be pas hababa kitsnen. Uh, how does he get that? If he had no specific intention, and he knows that some of them are going to be made up this way, then his bracha should be hababa should be mizonos. All right, but we don't know that. So when you have the, you have the problem of identifying whether or not it is a commercially made one or was one done in the uh, store that you're buying in, the pizza, whatever it is, uh, where they, they did it locally like that. Melba Toast, he went through. There's another one he has here. Um, if I can find it. I don't see it right now, but they have these... Uh, Garlic nuts or garlic, whatever they're called, knots, those are usually hamotzi because they're made out of real dough that would be hamotzi. And uh, it, it, there, was no, there was no intention uh, there of making, as I understand, in making it into a, a real Masonis product for the beginning. So that, I, as I understand those brachas, are, the garlic knot, here it is. A new, this is from Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Rosen's article. Relatively new pizza sh- shop offerings calling for hamotzi include one slice of vegetable pizza. So somehow the vegetable pizza, the way it is made, is a very crusty thing, and it's, it seems to be much more hamotzi than uh, the other way, the other is. Um, I'll, I'll read that piece to you completely here. The pizza poll concluded that amounts qualifying for an average meal would require hamotzi include a half of a 14-inch crust pie, half of a 12-inch regular crust pie, half of a 9-inch deep dish pizza, or a complete 9-inch or 10-inch pie for dinner. So I can't do that again for you, but if you want to look it up in the article, the article is from uh, the... uh, Kashrus currents of current the current Kashrus currents, and uh, it's an article by Rabbi Rosen, right? Three Rosen from the Star K. Now, now all those numbers, are, well, I can't read them again to you because you're going to you're not going to remember it. Relatively new pizza shop offerings qualifying for hamotzi include one slice of vegetable pizza. He doesn't explain why. Half of a calzone. So he says a calzone should be hamotzi. 
Interesting. I thought the calzone was going to be mizonos because it was made with the intention of the inside, but he says no. He says half a calzone and uh, a, a slice of vegetable pizza, half of a go- large garlic knot, and half of the pizza shop soft pretzel. Well, those are mozi. So he holds that the, with a, they make a soft pretzel in the pizza store, it's hamotzi. A garlic knot is hamotzi. He holds calzone is hamotzi. And that a vegetable pizza is hamotzi. So this is uh, maybe shocking to a lot of you people who eat, do eat in these pizza stores. I haven't been in them in years. But the, the, you eat these kinds of products. So that's something to really catch up on. So, so far, just to sum up before we go on to anything else, which we're going to go on to Mizonis bread, uh, some of the aspects of Mizonis bread and Chahako breads. Let me just sum up a little bit what I have done so far. So here's, here's how it comes out. Number one, there's a machloikis whether or not a, even one slice of pizza is hamotzi. Rav Zimmerman Zatzal, my Rebbe, and Rav David Rav were of the opinion, and they're not, were not unique, but they were of the opinion that the, the bracha on pizza is hamotzi, whether one piece or ten pieces. Rav Moshe Feinstein, David Feinstein, was the one who did the work and came up the psak with Rav Moshe's haskama, uh, uh, was that one piece of pizza is mizonos, two pieces is a shayla and should be avoided, and three pieces is definitely hamotzi. Basically, the way to avoid the shayla with the two pieces was to have it with other things or other foods, like uh, you know, some, some side dish, or to... Uh, make a piece of make take a piece of bread and make hamotzi on that, but that's a little crazy because people, you know, really they come into the pizza store to eat pizza, and they end up being a little teeny weeny piece of hamotzi. It's not enough, and okay, but as, oh, let's not dwell on that. So that was the uh, Rav Moshe's psak. Then we had this chiddush, which blew my mind when Rav David Feinstein told me was that uh, the the crust on a pizza, even you know when you're having the pizza, the crust is hamotzi. Now, how can you make pizza, one piece of pizza, Bayman Amazonas, when the crust is hamotzi? Because that's part of the pizza. Just like the raisin or the, the nut or the, the cherry was part of the Danish, so too the, the crust on the pizza is part of the pizza, and it, you don't have to make a brocha on the crust, you don't have to make hamotzi, according to Rav David, on one piece. But if somebody gives you a piece of crust, and you ask him, they're giving it to you, they're leaving it over for you, and you eat it alone, then the bracha samotzi. And maybe you want to, you want to tiny that somehow your mazonas went on everything else, it can't go on everything else. This is a pure 100% hamotzi, Rav David Pinesim Patskin that way. Then therefore, if you have that piece alone, you didn't buy the pizza, you're only eating a crust, the bracha is hamotzi, no question. We discussed the shayla from uh, Rav uh, Belsky that you have to be careful. Frozen pizza has, comes in two different types, one where it's already been produced in the pizza store, and then it was afterwards, subsequently, they put it into boxes, etc., and then you would just warm it up briefly. That's one thing. But then you have the other ones, which I've described about this French bread, but there's other cases where you have a piece of pizza that's, that really has never been cooked together with the cheese. The cheese was just placed on together with the tomato sauce in the, in, the, in, in the freezing. And then when you take it out and you actually put it on some final form of heating element, at that time you're actually cooking the pizza, baking the pizza, for what you will. But the bracha was hamotzi on the piece of bread, and it never loses the shame hamotzi. Pizza that we buy commercially in the stores or we buy ready-made pizza, it has already been all done together at one time, and therefore, according to Rav David the Feinstein, one piece is a snack food, because that's all they had. One piece and a soda or something like that, that's what they used to order. So based upon that, the bracha should be just very mehemnesonous, according to him, but as I said, my Rebbe held it, bracha is hamotzi. Now, that was some of the material. And then we mentioned also that, uh, we mentioned what David Feinstein also said about a wrap, 
that he held the rap was Hamotzi. We mentioned what Rabbi Rosen pointed out, which is that uh, three things uh, he said more, the new kinds of things that people weren't aware about. He said that uh, a large garlic knot, a half of a soft pretzel made in a pizza store, a vegetable pizza, a half of a, sorry, one slice of vegetable pizza, a half of calzone, any of these are hamotzi. That's what the Star case says in the, in the latest article. That gives you a little bit of an understanding. I didn't go into the, all the details. Let me take you into this world of Mizona's bread. We have only a few more minutes. I think I will zero in on what the issues were in the old days. The issues were as follows. If you make Mizona's bread the way it's supposed to be made, according to the, according to the Svardim, Ashkenazim, different opinions, but it has to have a, uh, it, it has to have a sweet taste. It has to taste different than bread. If it tastes like bread, then if it tastes just like bread, then it's going to be um, ham, uh, hamotzi. If it, it has to taste different, and since it, uh, it, it must taste different, it's going to have a sweet taste to it. Now, people don't want that. They want the Mizonos bread to be just like bread, but be Mizonos. They want it to taste like bread, be used like bread, feel like bread, everything like regular bread, not taste sweet like a piece of cake. They want it to taste like bread tastes, but they want it to be Mizonos. And that doesn't work. Because according to the Ashkenazic way, you must have a serious taste of the sweetness of that, uh, of, of that uh, piece of Mizonis bread in order for it. So what happened was they weren't putting, the, uh, they weren't put, they weren't putting anything in that, that was very sweet. They didn't want to because it's counterproductive. If I make a real 100% Mizonis bread, no one's going to buy it because it's going to taste too sweet. It's a cake and they don't want it. They want a piece of something that tastes like bread for breakfast. So that, that was the problem that they ran into. So what happened is they decided to cheat, and they, and they did. They took, uh, they took apple juice, and they said this apple juice is being used, plenty of apple juice. What kind of apple juice were they using? Reconstituted apple juice. And in many cases, the, the bakeries themselves were doing the reconstituting which means they took some, uh, some uh, apple juice that was concentrated and mixed it with, like a can of it, or with cans of it, and they mixed it with water, and they said, oh, that's apple juice, even though a lot of water was added. And according to many, and my rabbi taught that way, that, that, that that's going to be, uh, that, that's not going to be apple juice. It's not a din of apple juice, it's a din of water. Even though it tastes good, and it's like what it tastes like an apple juice does, because you mix the water back in, but he held that that's watery, and that's not considered to be uh, apple juice. And you need the real natural apple juice. So they didn't want to do that. It was expensive, the natural apple juice. And again, it would taste too sweet, so they didn't want to do it. So there was one, <laughs> one gentleman, he was a mashkiach, or he was a mashkiach, I don't remember anymore, I think he was a mashkiach, and he was just to stand there and force them to put more and more and more apple juice in. And they hated him for it. And the stuff tasted terrible. It didn't taste, it tasted too sweet. But he, re- he wanted to be, really be Mizonos, what it really was. And then, in addition to that, um, there w- there's uh, a, 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 another aspect of this, uh, of this whole thing. Um, what happened is sometimes people cheated completely. They didn't put apple juice in. And they used to make two types of dough. Let's say they were making pita. So they made Mizonos pita and Hamotzi pita. And what was the difference? It was supposed to be the apple juice. A mashkiach told me, Rav Machshir actually, he told me that he discovered that they weren't using the apple juice. And they kept a few containers there, never changing them to use it as a, to say this is their apple juice. But they were never using them. And he found out that it was a total fake. And he dropped a sashkocha. So this was what was going on when I entered into the Kashrus field back in 1980. So it's late 70s, early in 1980. So 
At that time, that was, with, that was the background. So I wrote an article. I'm just going to share with you a little bit about it. It's called Shahakobretz. And it was very interesting. Uh, I didn't know that they were going to end up with Shahakobretz. I just thought I thought it would be cute to do it. I could imagine people doing it. Now there is at least one that we, we researched uh, that they said that it was that properly done to be a Shahakobretz. And you'll see them occasionally, uh, but you can make your own shahako bread if you want to go get something like that. And this article that I have on shahako breads, dating back to 1980, January 4th, actually, of 1980, uh, we, we, we were discussing about the Amazonas breads, and this article is a follow-up to that. So what makes a shahako bread? It seems that... There are, there are a number of ways you can make shahako breads. If it doesn't have one of the five grains, then automatically it's not going to be hamotzi, it's not going to be, not going to be beremine mizonos. So there are things you could do with millet, things you could do, uh, this particular bread that comes out now, uh, uses some kind of other, uh, uh, uses some kind of other, is flaxseed. There's a that, that's the popular one today using flaxseed. There's a buckwheat. There's a corn. There's a number of things that could be used. Rice would be mizonos perhaps, but the rest of them would be shahako. And there's definitely ways to make it. Uh, and I went through and I gave an, uh, sources of where you could find articles on, on actual recipes for how to make shahako breads. It was very, very interesting, and I put this out back in 1980, or was in 79, I'm not sure exactly anymore, and, um, and, and that was the, the point. Till now, I never saw it, only just recently that this one company came out with the Shahako breads, but you can imagine potato flour, cornbreads, I mean, the, the cornbread that's really called cornbread is usually mostly uh, flour, regular Amazonas amozi flour, uh, but they, they used to add corn for flavors. But there are ways to make these things which the, the entire bread would be a shahako. So I gave you today a little bit of a, a look at the world of pizza, Mazonas bread, shahako bread, pasaba bakisnin, etc., etc. I uh, just want to point out one more thing that uh, I don't know time would allow for it, one point that when we're dealing with these breads, it's got to do with percentages. So you can have a bread that has actual flour from the five grains in it, and the bracha is going to be shahako. You can have, uh, you, you might call something like people call cornbread, cornbread, but it really isn't cornbread. It's really rye or wheat or whatever it is, and the corn is added, and they call it cornbread. So you can have something that is a combination, and the only way to know is to read the ingredients. And if something has 12.5% flour from the five grains, wheat, rye, barley, oats, or spelt, when the bracha has to be mizonos, uh, maybe hamotzi, but definitely mizonos, and certainly uh, you can't avoid that. To be a pure hamotzi, it could be that you have to have uh, a higher percentage than that, but the bracha rishona would be mizonos if you have at least 12.5%, some say 16%, but before that, less than that, it's definitely not going to be mizonos, but the bracha would be shahako. Whenever you have these questions, the best is to get information from the company and ask your rub the child that was an intelligent person. Find out. They won't be able to give you all the information. You'll ask what percentage you have of this, they're not going to answer you. But you can ask them, do you have more than 12.5% of the five grains? That they will answer you. They, if you ask right, uh, and you say maybe for uh, reasons, maybe you can explain to religious reasons or health reasons, whatever you want to say. But if you'd explain that, that you want to know if it's 12.5% or more of the five grains, they will probably answer you. So our time is up. I thank everybody for listening. This has been Kashmir on the Air, your weekly show dealing with kosher issues and related issues for the kosher consumer. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, wishing you a wonderful week. You can reach us at 732-534-9363 or 718 
336-8544, or you can reach us over the internet at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com, or you can go online and, and to our website, kashrusmagazine.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, magazine.com. Until next week, have a wonderful week.